I started realizing that a lot of what acting is, is trusting your guts and trusting your feelings and your own instincts. So like as I was getting older and I was in these classes, I was like, I feel like I'm being forced to fit this mold of like a perfect cookie cutter actor. But that's not, acting is living, that's life, right? It's just on camera. Hello and welcome everyone to Straight Ahead, an animation podcast where we spotlight rising black, indigenous, and people of color who are the future voices of the animation industry. I am Raymond Dozalanda, one half of your co-host. And I'm Yuki Okamura Wong, the other half of our whole host. Our guest this week is Monse Hernandez. She is a Latina actress. Would you mind telling us a bit more about yourself? Hi, I'm Monse Hernandez. Um, Monse is actually short for Montserrat, but everybody mm. just calls me Monse because it's the short version. I am an actress and a writer, and I grew up in Dallas, Texas, which is not that exciting, but oh, wow. I thought I'd throw it in there because a lot of people seem to be from Texas, like every time in the industry, I run into a lot of people surprisingly, they're like, oh yeah, I'm also from Texas. And I'm like, cool, and we can be friends. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very shy. <laughs> so let's get into it. The way we like to start off on Straight Ahead is by playing a fun little game called In Between. We're going to give you two similar choices, and then you have to choose in between the two of them, and then let us know why. Okay. Okay. Ooh, cool. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> yeah. My breathing just intensifies. You're like deer in headlights. <laughs> this is just the icebreaker. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, no worries. Okay. I'll start us off with the first question. Who would you rather have work in your restaurant if you had one? Okay. Patrick from SpongeBob SquarePants <laughs> or Linguini without Remy from Ratatouille? Linguini is no one without Remy. <laughs> Patrick, 100%. Like, you can't just have Linguini. Because even in the movie, he tried to take credit for Remy's creation. That's, that's shitty. Okay, but where, where would yeah. you pl- place Patrick? Would you actually have him in the grill or would you <laughs> no. have him on the front desk? No. <laughs> I'd have him at the front. I'd have, I'd be, I'd have him as like a host. So when they were like, oh, is, is this Monse's restaurant? No, no this, this is Patrick. Patrick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Patrick is such a great dude. Like, I don't know. I like adjust the name of my restaurant to be called Patrick so he doesn't feel embarrassed. And so that, <laughs> and so that you know, there's no wrong answers. Like, welcome to Patrick's. And it's like, cool. And then he can do his job correctly. You know? <laughs> really accommodate him. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Smart. Sorry. What a nice boss. Yeah. Big brain. <laughs> yeah. Well, great. Great job, Monte. Thank you. I'm always thinking of others. Nah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> All right. Final question. Would you rather travel in a magical cat bus like from Totoro or in the red space cruiser from Lilo and Stitch? Oh, what the heck? Who came up with these questions? We did. What? <laughs> we don't yeah. have a so good. These are so good. This one I think is the hardest one. You know what? I want to say the cat bus. Mm, okay. Whoa. Okay, because... I'm, I'm taking it back. Why? Oh, no. Is, that the wrong, is there wrong answers? <laughs> no, there's, there's no wrong answers. I just thought like, oh, no. hell yeah, spaceship. Why uh-huh. not? <laughs> well, let us know your answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us why the cat bus. Yeah, so my reason is because I feel like at some point in the future, you know, I mean, I'm probably not going to be alive for it, but you never know. That's a possibility because it's, a, it's you know, with the technology and like, I mean, we already have spaceships, but a craft like that at some point would be a, a thing. But will a cat bus ever be a thing? That's so magical. That's actually fair. That's a valid point. Yeah. So you're saying like we are going to have spaceships soon. I mean, I don't I'll know about never have soon. a cat bus. 
<laughs> yeah, but yeah, in the, in the sense yeah. of like one one day a red space cruiser in the near future, in the far future, could actually just be a common day thing. But mm-hmm. when is a cat bus ever going to be a common day thing? When right. are you going to be able to write in a yes. spiritual bus that's in the shape of a cat? Exactly. Mm. Sometimes I look at my cat and I'm like, I wonder what it would be like if you were like a giant bus. Nah, I never <laughs> right, think that. Right here. Yeah. <laughs> so specific. No, I specific love question. It. I mean, it looks so soft and comfy, yeah. right? When they get inside Look too. I was thinking also because like it's a cat bus, so mm-hmm. you can have like more people in it. Mm-hmm. I think the space crews are like one or two people or something like that. It's more like a yeah, a yeah. luxury car, right? Yeah, it, it's mm-hmm. like gives off that like luxury car vibe. And we already kind of have like when we have Teslas and stuff. No, cat mm-hmm. bus for sure. Okay. Mm, yeah. Locking. Okay, in. I understand your reasoning, but more, I I can agree. <laughs> I think that's a good shout. Okay. I was like, oh no, wrong. Would you still go with the cruiser though, right? You seemed really into it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I might still. Right now it's not common, <laughs> but I, I understand Monse's like reasoning. <laughs> well, anyways, thanks so much for playing in between with us. Hopefully you had some fun. Yes, I did. I did. I definitely feel a lot more relaxed, a lot better. Let's actually jump into this. Uh, before we kind of get started, we just also want to say that this is a very special episode for us. We're trying to interview some people more outside of the animation bubble that we're kind of in, but still kind of related in animation. So that's one of the reasons why we brought on Monse. So we're really excited to have her on and get to know her a little bit more. And hopefully you guys can learn a little bit something else outside of animation. Hopefully uh, you guys find this informative. So for those that may not know Monse, we know you're an actress, but another thing that you do is voice acting. What is a typical day-to-day life of a voice actress? It's a lot of drinking tea. Like right now, I'm, I know y'all can see me <laughs> drinking tea. A lot of throat coats, a lot of ginger, a lot of oh. lemon, a lot of tea. Oh, wow. A lot of tea. Even, for a little, even if I'm not working, I'm constantly drinking tea just to be calm. And I laugh a lot. And I'm very loud. Because it's your voice and it's your yes. throat. It's like your throat's an instrument. So you're like yes. taking care of it. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy how easy you can strain your voice. It's a lot of exploring your range. Even when you're not at work. When I'm at home, I spend a lot of the day creating voices for my pets. And we all talk to our pets. So <laughs> I have my cat and my English bulldog. And each of them have their own like specific voices. And they res- respond to me. Wow. <laughs> I am revealing a lot about myself right now. (laughs) But um, there are times where I surprise myself with what I can do. And I think that's like one of the coolest things about being an actress and doing voice. You you surprise yourself constantly. You know, there are times when I go into the booth and they'll randomly give me a character to do as, you know, um, like an incidental. They're like, can you do something like really crazy? And I'm like, well, how crazy? And they're like, just come up with something. And you kind of have that moment where you're like, I'm not sure if I can do this. But then... You try, and then you just get that confidence, like, wow, like, you know, this is, I can do that. So it's, it's a lot of fun. So do you have, like, your own little home setup? Because I know with mm-hmm. the whole pandemic mm-hmm. kind of happening, I know on our show, we had had our actors record remotely. But I know some of them, like, they would, like, get into their closet with, with all the clothes <laughs> and stuff with a mic and, yeah. like, the little laptop. And they would just be there saying their lines because they don't have, like... yeah. Yeah. You know, their own sound booth or right. whatever. Yeah, yeah, So, like, yeah, what, what has your home setup like, been like? And how has, like, doing voice acting shifted for you during this whole, like, working from home kind of situation? Right now, I'm not in my little mini makeshift studio. I'm just in my room. Because uh, I have, like, like, my little portable microphone and everything. But I actually took over my Amaz closet. 
Oh, she, <laughs> she has a walk-in closet. So we went to Target and mm-hmm. the little squares for like to be to make your room foam. soundproof. Yeah, the foam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're surprisingly expensive. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> nah. So I put my Mexican mom pants on. And I was like, we're going to go to Target. We're going to go to Target. And <laughs> what I ended up doing is buying, you know, like the, the mattress, like the foam that you put like oh, under. Like a, yeah, that. And it's like yeah. massive. Pad. Yes. Yeah. And we just covered the wall mm. with that. And it works just as good. And so we ended up spending nice. like 20 bucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hack. Life hack. <laughs> yes. I feel like that's definitely a good alternative. I think with uh-huh. like the colorful foam panels, I have the colorful foam panels They're behind pretty. me. They're pretty. Thank yeah. you. It's, it's, it's also like, you know, streamers or whatever, YouTube influencers. Yeah. It's a nice aesthetic thing. Yes. It's probably mm-hmm. not as pretty having a big yellow one behind no. you. Yeah. <laughs> but but you don't not. need that. No. So that's the studio I have here. But I was actually in Dallas for six months this mm-hmm. past like November. And we were at my grandma's house is like pretty big so in the garage my dad had built me like my own little like my booth wow and it was and that's when we got like the um because my dad was like you know what we're already going all out might as well invest you know while we're there and so we did mm-hmm. i got all my little like sound squares are like hot pink and they're so mm. cute okay. and like we have like i have like a little like paper lamp thingy in there and my little desk it's so cute i miss it i miss mm. it that one was legit and i had like a little rug and everything and a heater <laughs> it was insane nice. but then we came back and i'm like i missed my my closet inside of the garage <laughs> inside, yeah. but then it kind of sucked because at some point, I couldn't use it because mm. during the time I was in Dallas, it was way too cold to do any recordings because of the um, snow wind we had. Right. Oh, yeah. That, it got yeah, crazy I was there cold. For that, and it was oh my awful. God. It was awful. That's crazy. But back to happier Glad things. you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was more worried about the groceries. Goodness. I was going to say, I was trying to find like some kind of segue to the next yeah. question out of that topic. <laughs> Just, like, how do I do this? Speaking of snow, what's it like to be an actress? Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> As a, the toughest segue ever, uh, uh-huh. are there any misconceptions people might have about voice acting that you would want to like dispel or clear up? Yes. It's actually a conversation that I've had with people at Cartoon Network, like other voice actors. One of the biggest misconceptions is that voice acting isn't real acting and that hmm. voice acting and acting are two different categories. Like, yeah, technically they are. Like, you know, one's in the mm-hmm. booth, one's on, on an actual set. But that, that's literally the only difference is the location and what you're doing. Like, you're using your voice and the other one, you're using your voice and your body. But there's this weird kind of misconception, like, with acting community, that voice acting isn't real acting and that it's easier. Mm. Just because, you know, we're sitting down or, like, we just were behind, you know, the camera. It's like, nah, it's still acting. At the end of the day, it is still acting. Like, I don't mind being called, like, oh, like, voice actress or actress. But I feel like a lot of voice actors just see themselves as actors, period. Mm-hmm. It's like the only difference is that we're just using our voice. And in some, you know, cases, because I've been both like on in live action stuff as well. So there are some days where I find it a lot harder to do voice because it's like, how mm-hmm. do you convey a range of emotions with just using your voice? You know, no one's looking at your facial expressions. And sometimes you don't right. even have a storyboard. You have to go just solely based on the character emotions you have to exaggerate everything almost even with more grounded you know stories or shows like you still have to like be able to express certain things without being seen so that's to me that's like the coolest part of voice and like animation and and stuff but yeah no there's this whole thing where it's like oh it's not real oh it's not so easy it's like Hmm. you guys 
like be first be respectful it's like my cousin she's an artist and she does storyboarding and stuff not professionally yet but she's so good she's so good and she rants to me all the time about how some people are like oh you know like animation is art but it's like not real or like animated movies are not real movies it's like what are you talking yeah. about is it like an hour mm-hmm. 30 long does it have a cast can you watch it in theaters yeah, if it's a movie it's a movie yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> like come on that's one of the biggest things at the end of the day they're both a form of acting and a form mm-hmm. of art and it, it requires effort they both require an insane amount of effort and talent for both yeah like just because they're not capturing your face doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you're not putting in yeah. just as much work as you are when you're acting exactly like, for camera right exactly and there's some moments where i'm in the booth and it's a group record mm-hmm. and it's an intense scene and I'm, I'm looking at you know the actor next to me and they're giving a full-on performance physically as well you know right. and it's it's so crazy to watch it's beautiful to watch i'm watching them and it's like i'm watching like as if i was actually on set yeah mm-hmm and it's it's like this is the same thing you just can't see us mm-hmm. you know yeah i think uh, voice acting is definitely its own beast because mm-hmm. like to, to my knowledge is this kind of weird thing within like i guess the community of acting because mm-hmm. i know from what i've heard is that also for example oftentimes Broadway actors think that film actors aren't real actors. Like, oh, acting mm-hmm. in theater is real acting or blah, blah, mm. blah, blah, blah. But like, again, all of them require a different skill. When you're acting in theater, because like you're not watching on a screen and you're watching from an audience, mm-hmm. these actors have to use, utilize their body a lot more, gesture a lot more. So that way audiences in the back seats can visually see what's going on. When you're acting in front of a screen, you have to do like, you know, multiple takes. Yeah, it's but more you, grounded, you are able yeah. to, yeah, you could be more expressive with your face because mm-hmm. people can actually see up close. And then when it comes to voice acting, even though you can get really into it in the booth with your body and stuff, you have to convey so much with just your voice and get yeah. that across. And then some voice actors, I know, I think he like voices a lot of characters on Futurama. but DiMaggio? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does all the characters at once. He'll go back and forth with himself. Like he won't mm. just do all of Fry's voice, all of so-and-so's yeah. voice. He would just have a back and forth conversation. And that is an insane talent and an insane yeah. skill. It's incredible to watch. That's interesting to me. And I've never really thought about it like from the voice actor's perspective, mm-hmm. because like for us in animation, like making the art, very often we hear, oh, animation is just for kids. That's yes. not like, you know, that's not real mm-hmm. stuff. And it's sort of the same thing where you're saying, oh, voice actor is not really acting. Like you're only doing half the work or something. It's like, no, it is all work. We are all artists. Like Yes, at the end of the day, it's all mm-hmm. art. Yeah. And it's all under the same umbrella of something that is like a creation, you know? Like it's art. Yeah. It's art. That's, that's it, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. It's performance. So I can see how it's, that could be frustrating, yeah. It, it's, <laughs> like, I, I do get frustrated <laughs> because I'm mainly doing just voice right now because of COVID and everything. And like, and also mm-hmm. just because like, that's just what I've been working on recently. People assume that's all I do. Or like Tara Strong, she's on a show right now that's, big in Canada, but they're just like, oh, she's just a voice actress. It's like, oh, cool. Wow, a voice actress is doing something on camera. Like, she's an actor. It's like, well, no, duh, she's an actor, too. She's incredible, you know? It's the same thing, but each different form of acting has their own challenges. And, like, I think one of the things is with voice acting Mm -hmm. in a a show, you're not always afforded the luxury of doing your voice acting with the other actors. Sometimes you're there by yourself, and that's difficult. Not having anybody to bounce off of and just trying to do your best to still convey everything that's again everything has their own unique challenges Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's also another thing that's super tough is like when you just have like solo recording sessions it was actually an episode i did for elena of avalor which i voice on that it's like a reoccurring and one of the scenes i had to be really sad and 
sometimes they don't even give you a chance to read the line beforehand and then kind of be like, okay, imagining it. Now I can jump into this sad line. It's like, okay, we're going to go for a line, blah, 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 go. It's like, wait, hold on. <laughs> I got to be sad. So you literally <laughs> have to like switch like that. Or even that mm. Cartoon Network with Ben 10 or, you know, Victor and Valentino. Like there are some times where <laughs> it's, it's funny because some of the directions they give us are crazy, but we do it. We do what we manage to do it anyways. One of the funniest um, directions I've ever gotten was, okay, I need you to say this line more sad, but happy and in a way kind of angry, but also give it that little bit of like charm. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> All right. Yes, that makes perfect sense. Did you do it in like one take or like, uh, what's, was it, that a long one? It, no. So I said, oh, you're processing it like a computer. Like, uh, okay. Sounds good. And all right, perfect. Let's do let's do it again. And I just and you just do it. And they're like, that was great. Thank you. Moving on. It's like so <laughs> Wow. Yeah, you're as surprised as anyone. Yeah. You yeah. surprised yourself, like you said. Yeah. So that's why it's like there's some parts of it that's more difficult. Like you were saying, like there's it has its own unique challenges. Just also one quick thing I want to add before we kind of move forward is that, again, voice acting in by no way is easy because I've seen, I'm not going to call any names, but I've seen <laughs> celebrities who come on a movie mm-hmm. to be like a voice talent and it's not good. <laughs> Big yikes. <laughs> There's been some celebrities that were like attached or they were super happy to kind of promote. Uh-huh. And like when I heard them, I was like, I just hear the celebrity or like, right, right. I don't get the emotion from this thing because it literally feels sometimes they're just reading the mm-hmm. lines. Yeah. Like, it's also frustrating. There are times when there's huge projects that come along and really, like, incredible, like, A-list voice actors. And, you know, they audition. But because they want big names attached to the project, they will hire literally just any celebrity. Mm-hmm. Because, again, they don't see them as... It's like, for example, like, Tara, she's incredible. <laughs> I cannot stress that enough. And, you know, she gives an amazing performance, but because she's not a, a big name in, like, the live action world, like, they won't cast her. It's like, but you don't know how mm-hmm. huge she is since y'all want to separate the two, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. how big she is, like, her fandom. Like, she has incredible fans. Yeah. But her same thing with Roger Craig Smith. He's insane as well. I love him. And yeah, he voiced Sonic the Hedgehog, but not in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Literally, my face mask is of Sonic the Hedgehog. I love Sonic. <laughs> so, <That's beautiful>. so, <laughs> Man, we should ask you a Sonic question. <laughs> I, I don't, no, no, don't. I, <laughs> anyways, uh, moving on. It's um, and it sucks. But at the end of the day, as long as we're happy doing what we're doing, who cares what anybody else thinks? I always have an mm-hmm. amazing time when I'm recording, and I've made so many great friends, and I've learned so much from everybody. Like I, when I was on Ben 10, I started when I was 15, and oh, wow, it was last January, so January of 2020, that we had wrapped up. That's five years of my life, and I started when I was 15, and I was like the only kid. So I was just like in the room full of adults, but it didn't even feel like they were adults because all we did was make fart jokes and. <laughs> Like, it was like they would call me the adult of the room it was just an incredible experience and it makes me sad thinking about it because it's like wow like I learned so much like Tara was a great influence on me voice wise you know like she and just as a person you know she's has such a great energy about her and, and you know I was so nervous when I first started obviously because she's Twilight Sparkle she's yeah. Timmy Turner I'm just like <laughs> wow and y'all wanted me yeah it was awesome and then you know david k 
oh my gosh, I love that man so much. And then Josh Keaton, when I found out that he was Space Dad, <laughs> game over. Game over for me. <laughs> like, I was so chill with him. And I, oh, you you play a, a Shira? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> don't look at me. I'm shy. Like, I couldn't. I couldn't. So you're talking about all these, like, wonderful experiences that you've had. Looking up to these amazing voice talents and, like, your experience on Ben 10. Mm-hmm. But what was your first ever voice role? Uh, and what made you want it? What made you get into it? I've been voice acting since I was four. Mm. Acting in general since I was four. I did a commercial spot Mm. for radio. And it was, I think, for Lowe's or something. I'm not sure. But I was a baby. I couldn't even read yet. And I was, I just kept doing like all these radio spots. And like I was booking and booking and booking. And to the point where my mom had to call casting, uh, not casting, uh, my agents and say, hey, um, you guys do realize she can't read yet, right? Like how I, <laughs> they were like, really? When you were four? I was four. I was four. And I was like barely learning to read. And that's kind of how I learned how to read. And how I would show up to these recordings is my mom would sit me down the night before and be like, all right, we're going to memorize these lines. And so I'd go in there with my script memorized so I wouldn't have to read. And which is smart, right? And oh, I yeah. loved mm-hmm. it so much. And a lot of people think, oh, if you were so young, like, did you even have a say? It's like, when I got to the age where it was like, uh, my mom was like, do you want to do this? Because she, my mom, she was a ballerina in Mexico. So she's used to that art world. She's, she used to mm. perform at mm. this huge theater in Mexico City. And so obviously when I was born, she was like, I want her to be part of something creative. And I was always like silly growing up. So she thought it was a good way to get out my energy and but do something like, you know, meaningful. Every day I tell her, I'm like, mom, thank you so much for putting me in this. Because I honestly, oh. one, I don't know how to do anything else. Like, this is my life. I love this so much. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love it so much. That's how we're a team. To this day, she's like my best friend and we're a team. How I got my first role was for, you know, a show on, I think it was for Nick Jr. actually. We were on our way to California from Texas. And we would always drive. My dad would drive us. We'd have these huge road trips. Oh, wow. And we'd stay in LA for like uh, like a month. And then we'd drive back home. So I was mm. never permanently in LA up in, like, until I was maybe 15 because of Ben 10. I want to say I was like 9, 10. And we're on this road trip. And our car breaks down in Arizona. And Whoa. Oh, the reason we had to go is because I had an in-person audition for Special Agent Oso. Which was like on Nick Jr., right? It was on Nick Jr. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. And so, and they're like, you have this audition. And I'm like, awesome. Of course, they tell us like the day before. So we're like hauling ass to, to California. Because uh-huh. for some reason, like we we couldn't do it in Dallas. I, th- I think it was because we were already on the road, right? So our car breaks down. We get it fixed. We're like in the middle of nowhere. But eventually, you know, everything's fine. And we get to California. And I'm literally in like the grossest clothes like road trip clothes i'm in there like okay i'm ready i'm ready i do my audition i get back in the car and my family and i are beat right we're like exhausted that same day they call us you booked it i'm like no way worth it worth it oh my gosh it was exhausting it was like a crazy trip i'm missing out so many details and like it's been so long that my memory isn't that vivid but i just remember we were just exhausted and we get the phone call we're like yes awesome we can rest <laughs> like it was satisfying <laughs> that's how i got my first cartoon would you end up voicing an agent also it was a uh her name was i think 
Natalia or something like that. It was this episode with the snowflakes. It was a Christmas special, I think. Okay. And I played the older sister to this little girl, and they were trying to something something with snow. I don't know. I, so, <laughs> it's been so long. Oh, look, we circled back to snow. It's <laughs> <laughs> so your first big break at Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you've had like. A variety of voice roles over your career <laughs> from a snowflake in Agent Oso <laughs> and from Gwen mm-hmm. in Cartoon Network's most recent Ben 10 reboot, Quinyana? Uh, Kiana. I don't Kiana. Pl- I don't play League of Legends. <laughs> Kiana in League of Legends, as well as Prima Rosa in Pixar's Coco. Mm-hmm. Out of all the roles you have had so far, what has been your favorite? And is there any current show out there right now that you would want to be a voice talent for? My favorite overall is Ben 10 because of the experience I had there with everyone, even like a lot of the artists. Everyone was just so great. Like that's literally, that was an unforgettable like just moment of my life. And I'm glad that I still remained friends with a lot of them even after the show had ended. So that one, because of the people, (laughs) I loved Kiana. I loved League of Legends because I got to be so mean. And I'm <laughs> and I'm not After voicing Gwen for five years, you're like, oh, I have all this pent up anger. <laughs> and there were times where like the director, Colette, she'd be like, well, for Ben 10, she'd be like, Can you sound a little less bitchy? And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like she's 10. She's 10. I'm like, sorry. I'm sorry. And it's not because I'm a mean person, but it's just like, mm-hmm. do I, what do I blame it on? That Mexican? I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. So when I did Kiana, I, one of the coolest things that the director said to me was, okay, that was great, but let's just be as bitchy as you can be. Like, the, as, the biggest bitch ever. And I'm like, what? Really? Like, oh, it's my time to shine. <laughs> it is my time to shine. <laughs> It's, it's that Latina fire. Yes, just be as mean as you can be. Just like embrace it. Just we don't care. And I'm like, oh yeah, sure. Y'all want to open that door? And then Kiana was born. <laughs> that was that was fun. That one did. I actually strained my voice a bit, not like severely, but that one was tough because we had. I think I was on set from like 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and for two days. One day was to do like all the um regular lines, like the character lines. And then the second mm-hmm. day was also a pretty heavy day, but it was for my um, voice bank for all the grunts, mm-hmm. efforts, reactions, yells. And it was just, I want to say like four hours of me just doing absolutely like insane, like amount of screaming <laughs> and yelling. So <laughs> I was definitely tired by the end of that. Yeah. Talk about strain your voice. Yeah. Yeah. So how we do like the voice banks is that they have like whatever many pages and and each line is like getting punched, yelling, Mm -hmm. fighting, but you have to do three levels of each effort. So if I have yelling, it's like surprised yell, angry yell, and then full on battle yell. So, and we do like three takes, but sometimes we do more just to have options. And that was intense. That was a hard day. I was tired, (laughs) but we got through it. (laughs) (laughs) Was that your first time doing voice acting for a video game? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. It was very different. In a way, I still do voice banks on some things, but it, that one was next level. Like because it's a game, it has to be super like intense and super energetic. And, mm-hmm. Like you don't want to like get punched in the game and just hear, eh. you know. It has to be like, <laughs> <laughs> it has to be like a, 
has to be like a super intense ah you know like yeah. <laughs> me conserving my energy right now i know i know we're not like trying yeah, to make you no, uh, okay. string your voice um <laughs> that's interesting yeah I, is that kind of harder too because you were saying uh earlier doing like solo voice records is a little harder mm-hmm. you're doing a large range yeah. of like you know video game characters go through like you know death to yeah. regular breathing <laughs> or regular efforts right so mm-hmm. w- was that difficult kind of doing that range it was difficult to do them, but it wasn't difficult to perform because I mean, I don't, I don't need anybody pretending to hit me or something. So I, <laughs> I could just you know say ah without anything. Mm-hmm. That part was I think the easy part. It was difficult mm-hmm. being bitchy without having anybody to be a bitch too. <laughs> that was tough. It's like <laughs> let me just like imagine someone who's done me dirty. Ah, got it. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of you have to use your imagination a lot of the time. With audition, they don't give you character like designs or like a reference so mm-hmm. you just have to imagine based on their personality that they give you so is there any show right now that you would want to mm. be voice talent for i am happy to be in anything but i want to be in any any anime <laughs> any <laughs> like, like official anime dub <laughs> yes yes <laughs> wow. like with funimation yeah. or with, with, a- with anyone anyone biz media here anyone anyone <laughs> I just, I, you get incredible fans from that. And I'm just like, I want, inc- I mean, I already do have incredible fans. Like my Kiana fans are, they're so hilarious. I love them so much. <laughs> I used to go to cons uh, in mm. Dallas. Like, I, so I've been on that side, you know, being like those like, ah, and um, you get a lot of merch too. So it's like, that's awesome. <laughs> that's so awesome. I, oh, real funny story. Like real quick. I, um, cause Todd Habercorn, he's in Ben 10. Uh, he plays Grey Matter in a, along with other characters. But I remember in 2013, I went to my first anime convention and there was a long line for like the signings for, for Todd. And me and my cousin and our homegirls were like, ah, like it's Todd And we're freaking out. And by the time we got closer to where Todd was, the convention was already like closing. So we didn't get a chance. We were this close this close i'm like damn, oh, damn. that sucks no so we didn't get our our little like signs you know whatever our little badges signed and we were kind of like bummed out and you know flash forward like to 2015 i work with this guy and i'm like that's funny this world is so funny that's crazy that's crazy <laughs> and i remember todd was having lunch in uh somewhere in burbank and he was like uh, my mom was also in burbank and we've all that's a cool thing real quick about the the community of voice acting specifically is so mm-hmm. close and, and so tight-knit that everyone is just like a giant family, you know? Like, oh, you're, you're, mm-hmm. you're in town or, oh, you're in the area? Like, let's grab food or let's hang out. Let's go for drinks, like anything like that. So my mm-hmm. mom happened to be in Burbank and Todd was like, hey, let's get food. And he's like, is Monsa with you? And mom was like, no, she's hiking. She's like, let me tell her so she can meet up with us later. <laughs> and my cousin, who was with me at that con, happened to be visiting so we're hiking we're done i see the text from my mom and i'm like hey dude i got a surprise for you <laughs> and she's like okay <laughs> so we go to burbank and we're, we look we're smelly we look gross like we just got back from hiking <laughs> my mom and todd Habercorner are having lunch and she's like no no and <laughs> she has her backpack on and she this is the one who's an artist as well todd is like oh like nice to meet you you know and we tell him this story about 2013 and the con and how we <laughs> didn't get to see him He's like, oh, no. He's like, that breaks my heart. He's like, yeah, that was like a crazy day. 
if you have anything you want me to sign, and my cousin Tony, she goes, yes, I, I do, I do. And she, <laughs> she, goes, <laughs> she goes hiking, but she immediately pulls out her sketchbook and her pen. Like, she's mm. ready. But yeah, right, right here. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just so funny because it's just so crazy how things work out sometimes. You know, I never thought in like yeah. a million, well, not even a million. I never thought that I would be working with people I looked up to that soon. It's cool. I feel yeah. very lucky and blessed to, to have had that experience. And know them. Totally. But yeah, any anime. <laughs> any, 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 yeah, any, any. Any. All right, I'll be looking for for your uh, <laughs> updates on animes. Because I, I loved cosplaying Kiana. Like, that's the one thing I did, like a low-key cosplay for Twitter and mm-hmm. for a video I did. And I'm like, man, I can't really cosplay as Gwen. Like, I mean, I have her t-shirt, <laughs> but I don't own any, like, cargo shirts. Like, <laughs> like where do I find, like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like cosplaying like a, a magical girl would be really fun. But then also being her yeah. voice, is that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I forgot when, but I know uh, Tara Strong cosplayed as Harley Quinn Stop. one I year. Know, and I she know, just I walk, was all over that. I was freaking really. She's so gorgeous. So to our knowledge, you didn't go to college or receive any kind of like formal education. Mm-hmm. How did you go about learning and improving your skills as an actor and voiceover talent? When I was younger, I did um, classes in Dallas and that kind of gave me like my foundation. I I started those classes when I was like seven and that gave me like my base, right? But Mm -hmm. I started realizing that a lot of what acting is, is trusting your guts and trusting your feelings and your own instincts. So like as I was getting older and I was in these classes, I was like, I feel like I'm being forced to fit this mold of like a perfect cookie cutter actor but that's not acting is living that's life right it's just on camera like you you can't teach someone Mm -hmm. how to be a person so I was like no this this doesn't feel like genuine to me you know and obviously Mm -hmm. there are other classes you know that are super legit and like professional who teach you like techniques and stuff but I I just felt like I was it just wasn't for me. It, everybody has their thing. This It just wasn't for me. Because a lot of it also... Um, I, I mean, it, it, it's Texas. I don't got to say more. So uh, <laughs> with their... How they would say, like, you know, you use your own experiences when it comes to acting to make it real. It's like, I was in a class in Texas. I'm me. <laughs> so I right. have a completely different view of what the world is like. You know, I have totally different, you know, glasses than anyone else in that class. So their experiences are very different from mine. So when I would use my experience to perform, it was the wrong answer. It was the wrong choice as an actress. And that's why I'm like, but that's not fair because I I see everything 100% differently than you guys. So when it comes to, you know, education and stuff, obviously like um, training is important and practicing is extremely important. Like acting is a muscle, but a lot of it is get the technique down. There's a lot of different techniques and basics but after that i feel like a lot of it is just being grounded and just being real you know Mm. you can't force it you know and even with these like crazy you know characters that you sometimes get to play on camera even that in a sense is has to come from a place of realness you know like the Joker, I guess, for example, right? Not to be that person. Oh, the Joker and, uh, you know, poetic yeah, yeah. cinema, you know, like, <laughs> I don't, you know, not to be that person. But people would say, consider it like, oh, it's character acting. But it's like, no, a lot of that comes from a very real place, you know, mm-hmm. from a very mm-hmm. real exper- experiences that some might have. So because of, you know, comic books and like video games, like people might and, and you know, the cartoons, like people might assume that's like, oh, that's that's a character. 
It's like, but Joaquin Phoenix's performance was very real. It's it's very different from Jack Nicholson's Joker. That's very character-y. Yeah. That one's fun, right? That one's mm-hmm. crazy. But I think what made Joaquin's uh, performance so haunting was the fact that it came from a very <laughs> human place. That that could yeah. be anyone, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so impactful, right? So education is is important <laughs> go to school <laughs> go to school it's awesome you make friends and it's great school is important you know you can't go wrong going to school or not going to school when it comes to the arts if you want to go to school go to school if you don't you don't have to no one yeah. has to force you to do anything mm-hmm. but i'm also not saying if you're good don't go to school right like that's not what i was saying i just don't have time <laughs> <you know? laughs> like i just i just don't i would love to have gone to school and i would love to at, at some point i do want to enroll because I, mm. I love learning. I love, you know, whatever. But how I progressed was just being honest with myself, being real and comfortable in my own skin as a performer and trying things, knowing that there's no wrong answer at all mm-hmm. and that everyone has their own experiences. But at the end of the day, they're all human. So that's what makes the art good. You know, if acting is good when they don't look like they're acting, right? It's, mm. it's funny that it's called mm-hmm. acting because there's some times where I'm just like, I don't feel like I'm acting. <laughs> That's when you know you're in a good place. Mm-hmm. Kind of transition back to voice acting. In your honest opinion, what are your thoughts on the whole conversation right now that white actors should stop voicing characters of color in animation, mm-hmm. allowing more opportunities for BIPOC voices to voice characters of color? Mm-hmm. Do you think the same rule also applies for when it comes to... BIPOC actors voicing white characters? This one's tough because I do play a good amount of Latina characters, but I also play Gwen. <laughs> yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So she's it's, because she's white. Honestly, when I saw she voices Gwen, I was like, is Gwen Mexican in this version of Ben I had to like look it up really quick. I was like, oh, oh, she's not. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. No. So it's kind of hard for me to say for the second half of the question, but definitely for the mm-hmm. first half, like, in all forms of media, we're already very underrepresented. So any chance that mm-hmm. we get to voice someone that fits us and that is us, it should be us, you know? Mm-hmm. It would not have sat right with me if Prima Rosa was played by someone who was not, you know, Latina. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. silly. Because the way I kind of took it is that already in media, there's already... So many white characters, mm-hmm. I mean, say, white yeah. white cartoon characters, and there's very little characters of color. So for that, I don't see anything wrong because there's already so many white roles for white actors to play. Mm-hmm. Any opportunity mm-hmm. that a person of color can play a role either as a character of color or just a white character or just a character, mm-hmm. we still need more representation yes. in our voices. Yes. If we can't get the representation as a character of color, mm-hmm. at least our voices are being Put to use mm-hmm. again there's already so many white roles where if there is opportunity for more yeah. voices of color to voice they should get that opportunity Absolutely. and so that's the way i kind of took it and i don't think it's a double standard in a sense just because mm-hmm. any media there's already an overflowing amount of yeah. white characters yeah. Yeah. no i 100% agree and it sucks that even sometimes too in my experience with like doing some projects when i was doing elena avalor <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just cringing. My uh, character name is Cristina. And when I was in the booth, I would say my lines like Elena, Cristina, Isabella, like how you're supposed to say them. And mm-hmm. I would get notes from the director saying, it's, I'm sorry, uh, can we do that one more time? But it's actually Cristina, Isabella, and Elena. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, no, it's not. But of course, I have to say, right, right. 
got it, got it, got it, got it. And I have to like adjust my language and what is correct to fit an audience. It's like, what's wrong with learning? What's wrong with appreciating? You know, like I have family members who have thick accents and they speak perfect English. And it's like, because they learn, because they're respectful, you know, and they want to communicate and they understand the, the language that's spoken in America is English. So what's so wrong about adjusting yourself as a viewer or as a person to understand what's also a big mi- a majority here in America, which is the Latin community. You know, we've been around for so long. It's like y'all mm-hmm. could at least learn, like, at least say our names correctly or at least try. I've had people yeah. in castings, you know, when they ask me for my name, it's uh, Monse. A what? Monse? Like, Emma, what? Uh, do you have anything else I can call you? No, that's my name. All right. Uh, we're going to refer to you as M. Damn. Yeah. Wow. It's just going to sound so sad, but how I've come to know that I'm next in an audition room is that my name has become a hesitation, a stutter, or complete silence. I go to a lot of auditions where I happen to be, of course, the only Latina, which I don't understand why. So uh, when I'm sitting there, you know, when they call like the names, like, okay, up next, up on deck is um, Kayla, uh, Shelby, Sarah, and... That's me. Yes. How do you say that? I, I know it's my name. Mm-hmm. And I make the joke all the time with my cousin who, she's my best. She's my sister, right? We're going to do awesome things. Anyways, he, um, <laughs> we have this joke where it's like, if we ever win like any awards, because her name is Donancy, that's your full name, you know? It's like, and, and the Academy mm-hmm. Award for best blah, 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 goes to... <gasps> Girl, that's us! Just silence. You guys start walking up. Everybody's like, I guess we clap. Oh Must be them. That's, that's so funny. That's the truth. That's like literally the oh joke. Oh my God, that's so sad. It is sad. I'm sorry. It is sad. And for the longest time when I was young and going to castings, I always wanted to be, because I was always the only Latina there. It was rare when I'd go out for things where I was in the group of, with other like young Latinas, but when I would go to these castings where I happened to be the only one, I always felt like I should be lucky that I'm here. I'm the only one that's here who's like me. So I have to be like perfect. I have to be like 100%. I have to be the best, right? So I didn't want to be an inconvenience. That's how I started to think of as like my name as an inconvenience because they couldn't pronounce it. They, it was difficult for them. Mm-hmm. Like I literally, that's, and it's sad because I love my name, you know? But when I was younger, I used to want to change my name because I was so used to being in like, in Texas schools uh, mm-hmm. and in Texas castings. So anytime they'd call my name, it'd be like, Montese? I'm like, yes, that is me, Montese, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're like, am I saying it right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, no. good. No. Uh... Um, m- 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 moons, m- it's like, and then it came to a point where I turned 16 and I just was filled with so much teen rage, right? <laughs> you know, like I was just filled with so much angst, you know, I was still a professional. You know, it comes to a point where you snap, right? You just get fed up with having your name being seen or like as an inconvenience. And it wasn't mm-hmm. until I was 16, I finally corrected somebody, a casting assistant. You know, they're like, um, is it, um, uh, who? I'm like, Monse. Monse? Am I saying that right? I think I was pretty good. Co- no. No? I didn't say it right? I think I said I'm like, no, no. It's not how you say it. <laughs> Monse. Monse. Monse? I'm like, <laughs> like, girl. 
And then, and then at oh. some point, I'm mm. like, sure, sure. You know, I was just so angry because like, how dare you? Because then they, they make it seem like it's so like, ah, like it's the end of the world, you know? That's like, ugh. And then, oh, mm-hmm. and check this. When they're like, is that short for something? And I'm like, every time they ask me this, I just know. Yes, it's short for Montserrat Aide. <gasps> oh my God, that's so exotic. Where are you from? Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm from Texas. No, but really? Yes. No, but where are you from? I'm from Dallas. Mm. Da- okay, well, like, I was like, girl, do you want my address? Like, what do you want from me? <laughs> like, no, um, um, how do I, where, where's your family from? I'm like, okay, that's a different story. Mexico. Wow. Wow. Like, what part? I'm like, the north. So, like, like, um, like, you know, Laredo. And like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> like, no, no. I'm like, my family are from, like, all over, literally. Um, Coahuila, uh, Monterrey, Chihuahua, like, all, all these, all, all together. It doesn't, we don't have, like, one specific, you know. Wow. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Wow. All right. All right. It's like. Oh, my God. I feel like, I feel like I'm being talked to, like, <laughs> I feel like I'm 10. You know, like, why are you talking to me? Like, mm-hmm. I'm like a zoo animal. Like, what do you want from me? <laughs> you know, that's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Exotic. <laughs> like, I don't see no feathers on me. What are you talking about? I don't. <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> like, okay, like, uh, it's just so, it's... Jesus Christ. I've, I've had so many, like, awkward experiences with castings, thinking they know better. And again, 16-year-old me was unhinged and I confronted casting about a script I had received because it happened to be Day of the Dead themes because that's all we're good for, right? And the lead was a white male actor who, I don't know if I ever got picked up or anything, but um, when I was reading the script, the lead was a white guy who was a detective and he was investigating all these Dia de los Muertos themed murders. And when I read the script, I was so hurt. I was hurt. I wasn't even mad. At this point, I was hurt. It's like, there's been, you know, Latinos in the States for how long? And y'all know this much about us, which is nothing. The way they were writing about Dia de los Muertos was very disrespectful. And it was, the, and the thing is, it wasn't even intentional. It was just pure ignorance, you know? And it really, it, it didn't, mm-hmm. it hurt me. It hurt me. So when I went in there, they were like, you know, what's your name? Ah, I got it. Ah, that, whole, that whole thing. And I remember, because they always ask you before taping, do you have any questions or anything? And then, you know, that's your chance to ask any questions about the script or any, whatever. And me being angsty and just so I felt disrespected you know and also it's like Mm -hmm. they don't understand that every project that any community of color gets like you're representing that community you know and like you you have so much on your back you know you have to represent and not because it's an obligation but because it's like there's so little of us that we any chance we get we have to represent and we have to Mm -hmm. like open doors so that's how I felt in this I'm like I feel like I'd be doing my community and injustice if I let this slip and I let us be disrespected like this. And I'm like, and I don't even know if I'm going to get it. But even then, I'm just like, if no one's going to say anything, like I will. At this point, I don't even care if I get it. So when they were like, do you have any, you know, questions or anything? I'm like, no questions, but I do have several comments. <laughs> and they were like, oh, and I'm like, this is very disrespectful. I'm like, I feel very hurt. I'm like, Dia de los Muertos is not just a day. I'm like, this is an important holiday to us and i'm like and the way you know it's been written makes it seem like it's not important and that it's just like a party type thing and then it's mm-hmm. and i'm like it's just 
um, nobody would ever just call it a day because that's what they were saying. I don't want to. I don't want to celebrate Dia. So they, it was like you don't call Christmas Chris. Like what the heck? Like it's not the same. But like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like what? I just I remember I was just like I was very respectful about it. I was very calm, but I was very passionate. That's one thing I will say. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh my gosh, like. We had no idea. Like, we'll definitely pass these notes on to the writer and the director. Thank you so much for telling us something. I'm like, yeah. And also another thing, the Spanish is wrong. So I went ahead and translated it correctly. If you want to keep my script at the end of this. <laughs> They're like, absolutely. Thank you. Jesus. Never heard from them again. <laughs> the thing that baffles me is like the fact that it had to get to you for you to make these comments. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't like a Hispanic or Mexican in writer mm-hmm. in the writing room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just like don't write about a topic you don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, do your and if you are, do your research, you know, and, and hire people who know. Yeah, like common sense. It's been a journey. It's been I've had so many experiences with that, but no, I finally came to a point where I'm just like, no, my name is not an inconvenience. My name is my name. You know, y'all should be lucky. I'm mm-hmm. even using Monse and not Montserrat because like. Y'all are going to have some fun there if I did. Um, <laughs> I know at least on the side of that, the animation industry, we are trying to move in a positive direction mm-hmm. when it comes to voices of color. We're still not there yet. There's still a long way to go. And I'm hoping that the live action industry and the acting industry also moves in that direction as well. Because yeah. I feel like, especially in media, we're, again, very underrepresented and a lot of misconceptions, a lot of inaccuracies and just a lot of, like you've said, a lot of ignorance yeah. That if they just take the time to bring on people of color to their projects, there'd be more authenticity. Yeah. There'd be less ignorance moving forward. And there, there'll be less young people who feel like they have nowhere to belong. Like they're not being seen. Because for the longest time, that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just like, can I even do this? Because all the actors that I know and look up to, like on novelas, even they... Are, are white passing. Are very fair skin. Yes. It's like, so where do we fit in in this world, you know? And mm-hmm. even being like Mexican-American, like that's who, what I am, is very difficult because it's like, you're not from here, but you're not from there. There's actually uh, been a study where it's like, there's a lot of, you know, young Latino-Americans who they have depression and they have anxiety and they have like, the suicide rate is like through the roof because it's like, where do you belong? Like being human is like trying to find a sense of community. It's like, but it's, when you're not being seen or represented or, or appreciated, mm-hmm. it's just like, where? Where? Yeah. You know? It's already mm-hmm. hard enough to be a person in this world and find your place. But even more so when you have two worlds living in your head. And, like, mm-hmm. literally, like, your language as well. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's so tough. So that's why representation is important. And I wish there were more projects as well that just hired actors of color without even making their culture the focal point. Like, why can't they just mm-hmm. be people? I mean, that's what we are, you know? Why do we have to make it, mm-hmm. you know, point that, oh, I'm Mexican, I can dance, and, like, I'm really, I'm seductive. It's like, <laughs> not everyone can be Salma Hayek. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I mean, shoot, I wish, but <laughs> I just can't wrap my mind around how can you not see that we're all human at the end of the day, period, you know, and that we're here, mm-hmm. and we make up a good majority of the United States. Like, I just, I don't understand. That's why I'm grateful for the movie that I made that's coming out soon. It should be, I think this fall, my first leading role in a live action thing. Um, And I remember having a conversation with the director, Leanne. She's amazing. (laughs) She's a, first of all, female director. But I remember having coffee with her when we were finally in Georgia filming and being like, Leanne, 
I didn't think I was gonna book this at all. She's like, why not? Your performance was great, you're incredible. I'm like, because my character's name is Jane Shipley. <laughs> so <laughs> she's like, right, right, that makes sense. I'm like, it's, you know, as soon as I saw, you know, the character description and the name, I was like, why am I even gonna bother going out for this? Mm -hmm. What I really respected and appreciated from her was that she said, I wasn't looking at, you know, ethnicity or anything. She goes, whoever embodied the character, that's who I was going to choose. And I'm like, why can't everyone have this mentality? You know, mm -hmm. not once in the entire movie was there any like in my locker. Did I have like a tiny little Mexican flag, like as a decor, like a sticker? Nothing. None of that. <laughs> I was just a teenage girl. I was just a girl in high school as it should be, you know, mm -hmm. big portion of my life in school, like my school life. That was my only trait to them. Oh, you're the new Mexican girl. Oh, you're the new like Latina girl. Oh, you're the girl with the long hair. It's like, that's not, I'm Monse. Like, what do you mean? They never see us as people. Mm -hmm. They see us as like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you like fill yeah. this trait yes. box. They're like, oh, I, I know you. Yes. It's like, <laughs> you guys, like not all of us can dance. Not all of us are like, you know, darker skin. Not all of us mm -hmm. have crazy long like or, or brown eyes it's like we're just we're just here to exist we're here to like vibe we're here to have a good time i'm i'm really happy that that movie um gave me the confidence i needed to know that oh i can play anything not just what they're writing me out to be which is like yeah the the, the bitchy mean girl or like the maid pretty much because yes i have gone out for those or um <laughs> i sometimes you just gotta get yeah. a roll <laughs> yeah. it's a job right or pregnant immigrants and it's like uh, uh at 15 yeah 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 i turned that down this one role where it's like a pregnant immigrant and it was only for like i had two lines and i'm my old manager at the time i was like i'm not I'm, i don't want to do this i don't feel comfortable and also what the fuck <laughs> like what i don't and he's mm -hmm. like this should be an easy book for you i don't understand why you're fighting us on this an easy book wow easy book oh oh and because i didn't take that role they were upset and i ended up leaving them because they couldn't get over the fact that i turned down a great opportunity because i could have easily booked it mm. and it's like yes the industry is growing it's getting more progressive it's being more diverse but it's like not as much as people are playing it out to be mm. no there's still a very much long way to go when it does come to that and We'll see what the future holds, hopefully in a positive light for the industry. Yeah. But kind of moving in that direction, is there any future aspirations that you have for yourself in this industry? Yes. <laughs> Writing and directing so I can hire humans. <laughs> 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 I have several projects yes. in the works that both live action and animated that are not to be like, hey, they're so good, but um, I'm very proud of them. I'm very proud of them. You're allowed to like <laughs> stuff that you've done. It's okay. I don't want to sound like I'm just like two mile horn or anything, but it's like, I'm proud of them. I just recently got signed and represented as a writer. I know. Woo! Wow. Which is exciting. Yeah, yeah. So the one short film that I'm going to be working on first should be, uh, I want to say in the sp next spring, I'm going to start filming. But like I said, with opening doors, my cousin, he still lives in Mexico, but he's an incredible photographer. And I want him to be the cinematographer because he has just, he has the eye. It's mm. beautiful shots. Mm -hmm. I'm not just saying it because he's my primo, which, hi, Diego. But, <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, it's like, there's so many talented 
people out there. It's like, and y'all keep recycling the same people. It's like, do y'all know like what y'all are missing out on? It's like, there's so many talented kids and young adults of color that like deserve to be seen and to show their talents. It's, it's insane to me, like the potential they have. That's the one thing I, I don't like about the industry is that a lot of everyone's success, if you're not, if it's not nepotism, right? Everyone's success mm-hmm. relies on somebody else giving you the okay. Mm-hmm. I know that's how it works, but sometimes it's like, <sighs> you know, yeah. it's all mm-hmm. up to the suits and what they want. But no, that's my, that's my main goal to open as many doors as possible so that we don't even have to be having these conversations at some point. Like these are important conversations to have. But it's like the fact that we have to keep having them and it's still a big topic. It's just like, yikes, everyone. <laughs> yikes to mm-hmm. all of y'all. Mm-hmm. So that's what I want to do. Just write everything and give people a chance. Yeah, be that change that you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I've come to the realization that for me, like the roles I want, they're not going to be handed to me. Like all these roles I want to play that are outside of the box they've put me in, I have to write for myself. And I have to create for myself. And if that's what it takes, shit, mm-hmm. okay. That's fine with me. <laughs> I mean, those Ben Tam residuals, they got me going, so. <laughs> so, jokes on all of y'all. I think y'all can stop me. They probably could if they wanted to, but am I going to let them? No. <laughs> Honestly, thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much for sharing your story Absolutely. and sharing your passion with us. Mm-hmm. And as we come to an end, is there any words of wisdom that you want to share with mm-hmm. us and to those that want to pursue a career in your industry? Yes. <laughs> it's so hard. It's difficult, but that should not stop you. Do it anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, even though they've placed so many limits on us, don't believe them. Like it's going to hurt. It's going to be tough. You're going to do a lot of crying. <laughs> I know I have. <laughs> but take that day to cry. Take that day to be frustrated. Take that day to be mad. And keep going. Because you'll never know until you try. And it's a long process. It's a long journey. But as long as you believe in you, who gives a fuck what others think? That's perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for Where having me. Where can our audience me? find you? Yeah, uh, of course. On uh, <laughs> Instagram at I am underscore Montesayara. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> we'll, we'll put a link in our description yeah, so that's not my name, it's sorry. okay but <laughs> and on twitter that's pretty much it do you want to like plug your uh film that's coming out or yes okay i don't know if it's announced yeah i can so it's it's announced the film is called student body and you can find that on instagram mm-hmm. as well at student body or you can just like look at my instagram and find it through there and <laughs> that's it for now. <laughs> Perfect. Is there a set release date? or There's no set release date. But a couple weeks ago, I actually saw it. We had like a private mini screening before the mm-hmm. premiere. And very excited for everyone to see it. It's very fun. Ooh. It's fun. Woo-hoo. Excellent. I will be posting updates on my Instagram and Twitter. Well, if you enjoyed our interview with Monse today, please rate us on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you tune in. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at StraightAheadAP and let us know your response to today's in-between questions. Or if you have any suggestions for future in-between questions, contact us on social media or send us an email at straightaheadpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions for future guests, please contact us. We love discovering new professionals and want to use this platform to boost these voices of the future. Thanks to our editor for this episode, Ashley Itleon. And finally, a big thanks to our music composer, Daniel Rodier. Thanks again for listening. Thank you once again to our guest, who has a bright future straight ahead. Until next week, have a wonderful day. Bye, Bye, everyone. Bye.